You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBT plus adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor, and this week we're going to be having a cup of tea with Raj and Paul and talking about adopting three children within one year. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Sounds like you've had quite an interesting journey. So um, if we rewind to the beginning, um, what made you decide that adoption might be for you, Raj? Paul and I have um, adoption in our family. And so, you know, and, and we were both like on a, from our very first date, we, we both knew that, you know, we wanted to have a family. Um, and that was something that was really important to me. And so it was, you know, once we were sort of in that place in our relationship that we wanted to sort of explore that a little bit, we looked at all of our options and, uh, you know, adoption just seemed like the perfect fit for us. We, we were aware of all of the children that need um, loving homes. And um, and like I said, we've, we've had fam, um, family members who, um, who are adopted. So it, it just seemed like the right option for us. And did you feel the same right from the start, Paul? Absolutely, yeah. We've been we've been dreaming about having kids. Um, like Raj said, from our first date, it was one of the things we spoke about. And I think uh, my dad's adopted, and so it it holds very dear to our heart adoption. And so, so yeah, definitely, it was a no brainer, really. So, how did you start this journey? Oh, it was a long time ago. We went to a few inf- information evenings first just to get a feel for it, just to understand the process, because we, we were living uh, somewhere else to start off with. We were in, based in London. And so we then had the choice of whether we wanted to start the adoption process quite quickly. But the information evenings, the social workers there said, no, you need to get the house that you're going to bring up your children in first and then start the process. So that's why we then decided to move to the northwest, which was closer to my family. So once you moved, you had to restart from there? Yes, we did actually, yeah, which surprised us and we didn't really know that at first, but that's why those information evenings are really helpful, really. And then we found a property, we got jobs um, in the northwest, we were settled in our house and then we started the process, which took just under two years. And were you sort of chomping at the bit at that point, really desperate to get started, or were you able to kind of take it in your stride, that delay? I think with the with the actual assessment process, it's not it, the assessment process isn't that long. Actually, it was a lot shorter than I'd I'd thought it would be. You know, we it, it, it was it's almost all the bits that sort of lead up to that finding the right agency for you. You know, we we kind of met with I think it was like three or four different agencies before we kind of said, oh, we get a really good feel about this one, and you know, um, that social worker um, just seemed to click with us. So, you know, we we went with with them. And then once you actually get all of the paperwork um, to fill in, that's that's the daunting bit. It's like I think we submitted something like thirty thousand words all up, you know, just all your background and your various employers and all of that information. And then once the the agency has that information, and that's when you sort of go, okay, we're ready to enter this process now. And when you enter that process, it, it it's it's actually quite quick. Like, yeah, yes, you're in it, and you're you know you're you're meeting with the social workers um, sometimes once a week, sometimes twice a week, and they're going through, and they just become part of your family. And then I think you know the, the assessment process for us it was um, done and dusted in about six months, 
and we were approved as doctors by that stage. I think it's the next bit that's the tough bit where, you know, you're waiting to get matched to your forever family and that, or will this happen for us? Or will we, you know, how do we know it's the right kids or the right family for us? And I think that was probably the, the harder bit. And, you know, that's when you're kind of, you're waiting on uh, social workers of children to get back to you. So, you know, you can um, be matched up with children. And I think that that was probably the bit that you kind of go, oh my gosh, I wish this bit would just hurry up. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it was the assessment bit that was really all that, all that tricky. I think it was quite therapeutic, actually. Yeah, just I think it was quite therapeutic the, the assessment process, just because it just makes you reflect on your childhood and your own upbringing, and it makes you just think very, very clearly about what type of a parent you're going to be, and what, and it gets you excited, ready for the next stage of it. It's a weird time, though, I think, um, as you say, after that assessment process, when you're sort of waiting for the right child, because each week it could be that week or it might not be. And so you can't make a plan for next month because next month your child might be arriving. So you kind of go into this limbo period where you're just sort of looking at each other going, "Um, you know, should we go to the cinema? Okay, let's do that. But you can't really say, and next week we'll go and visit my mum or something because it's just you know the child might be arriving it's just a weird weird time absolutely oh yes and i think you know because you also don't know you know the the genders of your children or what or how many you're going to have so we had this you know we bought this property and we couldn't even decorate it because you're like oh what, what how are we going to decorate we don't know what ages they're going to be so you kind of have these almost like blank canvas rooms just waiting for some news or <laughs> waiting yes. for that match to happen. But you you still walk around the house sort of just imagining what it's going to be like. And I remember before we were actually uh, adopted, uh, sorry, um, matched with our two eldest, you know, it was just before Christmas that the social workers came out, we'd sort of been shortlisted um, to be considered for the um, for our boys. And they came out and did a visit. And we were like, you know, we were just hoping for some news before before Christmas to go. Oh, this is this is a go, and and I just remember us going, oh, okay, there's no 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 uh, no toys under the Christmas tree this year, but we still did. We wrapped up a present, going, oh, this is to our future future children. <laughs> um, oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It was it was. I think it was like the February time before things actually started moving again. But there's just that space, and you're just. You know, you just have a lot of lot of nights where you're like, oh gosh, will we here? Will we here tomorrow? Will we here? And then it happens, and then when it happens, it, so it just worth happens it so quickly. Yeah. Was it? So tell us about that bit. Tell us about how when it happened, it happened. Oh, it's like magic. They were um, the social workers were originally a little bit hesitant because of us being two men, and because of the trauma that the the boys had suffered when they were younger, they weren't sure, and the foster carers weren't sure about having placing them with two men and our social worker suggested what's called a bump in which has, had never been done before by that agency where we met the foster carers and our boys almost like a pretend bump in that we, we were long lost friends of theirs just to see how the boys reacted to us and prior to seeing them we'd seen the foster carers without the boys and you know the male foster carer said he didn't look at me our eldest Ellis he didn't look at me for the first month of living with us. So don't expect too much. You know, you're strangers compared to, you know, to these boys. Don't expect a lot. So we were like, okay, okay. 
Within minutes, they were playing with us, giving us eye contact, laughing, joking, talking to us. And the male foster carers couldn't get over it. He was like, what is going on? Like, this is, it's like they're different children. And that just melted our hearts because to hear that, we were like, right, that's it. And then it was all systems go then. And then we got the support of the foster carers and the social workers. And then it all went very, very quickly. Did you feel at that stage like they were yours or or like they had the potential to be yours? You know, was it that initial moment thing or did it come a bit slower than that for you? I think it was love at first sight, if I'm really honest. I think we, we saw them coming into the pub and we both, we were full of emotion. We were, it was excitement and anticipation and nerves and worry if they didn't like all all of that but the moment they came in both of us were just you know we just looked at each other and stopped ourselves bursting into tears and we just sort of said oh those are our boys without like you can feel it I don't know if you feel the same Raj absolutely um and I think because we've just been so cautious not to get overly invested and, and I think that's that's what you're always trying to do in that process is kind of protect yourself a little bit because you just never know what's going to happen. You know, you've got you've got other people making those decisions and uh, as to whether or not it's the right fit. And we completely get why those social workers, you know, they, they know those children and they know all of their needs and they know what's, you know, what are going to be those barriers for them. So they are, you know, really trying to get the right perfect family for them. So up until that moment, as much as we knew deep down, oh, I think these are our kids, it was it was just in that moment that it was like that reassurance that absolutely actually these it's a funny story in that the the first day that we're able to start looking at profiles for to sort of be matched with children we saw the boys profiles they're one of the first ones that we saw and we thought that there was something really special about them back then and that was gosh that was in august and then it was in october I attended a like it was like a matching event. So they had social workers and agencies from all around the country, and they were profiling, you know, the prospective adopters. And there was also social workers and family finders who had profiles of children who needed forever families. So Paul was uh, at work that day, so I went along to this matching event. There was social workers and uh, agencies who are profiling prospective adopters and children who are waiting for forever families. And I happened to just bump into the uh, our, our son's social worker and just said, oh, oh, oh I know these boys, you know, uh, that's um, Alice and Connor. And, and she's like, oh, right, okay. And then the next thing, uh, we're sitting down and we're just chatting about the boys. And I came home that evening and I sat down with Paul. We were having tea and I just said, I found our boys. Uh, These are our kids. I just know it. These are our kids. And that was it. That's absolutely lovely. It sounds like you just knew. And Paul, how did you feel about that? You know, that he's come home and gone, I have found our children. You know, it's it's quite a thing. (laughs) Well, do you know what? It's interesting because like Raj said, on the first day we spotted them and I'd always been sort of trying to you know bring them back into conversation because obviously there's so many children who needed who who needed to be adopted and it was so hard to go do you know what I don't think they're right for us because we had so much love to give it was very very difficult to say no to some children and possibly to some other children but the fact that we just kept coming back to these boys it just I was like oh yes it's like it's like a jigsaw just fitting all into place. So I was absolutely 
scared stiff but absolutely elated and over just overjoyed and then obviously that's the bit when you just want the ball to get rolling you just want to have them as your children and and that's the tricky bit is the waiting i think i i probably struggled more than paul did i i really struggled to say no to any any children so when we were looking at different profiles or you know the social workers go oh, you know we've we've got these children for adoption I always struggled to say no, um, and I'd always have to go. I have to revert to Paul and say, "Paul, uh, you make the decision." Because I really found it hard to say no to to these children because they're all, you know, how how do you choose one over the other? So I think when I when I came home and said, "Oh, these are our children," <laughs> he kind of said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> I found it quite hard when because there were some children who were just not right for our family because maybe their needs were different to what we could deal with or or whatever it was. But I do remember one and there was kind of no reason why not, but it was just a no. And I felt so guilty about that because I couldn't kind of pin it on. It's not right for this reason or that reason. It just somehow wasn't right. And I felt terrible about that. Mm. But then when we saw the profile for our son, we were both just really, really drawn to it. And we'd been handed loads of profiles at the same sort of event. And we just kept going back and there were just four profiles that we were really pulled to emotionally. And I think you close the emotion down a bit sometimes. It's very, you know, think from your head what kind of child you could adopt and think from your head how you would support them. And all of a sudden it was like our hearts were in it and there were these four kids and we were just like, wow, I feel I feel really drawn to these children in a way that I can't put in words. And for us, our son was one of those four. And it just, it was really nice when my heart finally kicked back in and we could sort of, feel something for one of them you know absolutely Mm. absolutely so your children came home and how did that go and you know tell us a bit about those early days all at home together (sighs) Uh, I'm laughing because it was both bonkers but amazing at the same time it was just obviously we just wanted these boys to, to love us as much as we loved them and I think it's hard when they don't do that straight away because we've dreamt of having these children for years and years and years and then they've just been plonked so it's scary it's really really scary because they're instant children five and age two so you know we we (laughs) we had brilliant moments when we thought yes this is a parenting win and we had we had moments of just despair you know because I remember one time (laughs) We were due our social worker who was due for a visit and Ellis was that anxious of her coming over that he bit my backside through my jeans and drew blood. And I said, <laughs> oh, ow, oh, Ellis, oh, that really hurt. And he hid under the under the stairs in the cupboard and screamed his head off. So Connor saw this. He started crying and then the doorbell phoned and it was the social worker. And I was like, no, no, what's going, what's going on? What's going on? I'm really sorry. They're not normally like this. Like, it's, And she said, you know, actually, it's quite good because on my previous two visits, they've been very well behaved and very calm. This is now, you know, we're seeing the emotion and we're seeing that they're getting attached and Ellis was bothered that he upset you and you know so she it's all of those different emotions isn't it it's it's a lot of pressure but excitement and joy at the same time there's there's different challenges as well and I think that that are unique to every child and and they were to each one of our um uh kids our our youngest son Connor he'd even though he was quite young 
when when he'd been removed, he still had an interesting response in that even though I was the one at home with him, uh, he struggled to form a meaningful attachment with me quite early on. And it was, he'd started actually after a few weeks of being placed with us, clearly favouring Paul, but also starting to show fear even every time I'd walk into the room. Now we think it might be due to the colour of my skin, due to experiences from his past, but it it just took him a very long time to build that trust and that kind of attachment with me. And it was, you know, there were some really hard days with with that. And it took, oh gosh, over a year for for that to change in in kind of a, a really meaningful way. But when it does, oh my gosh, it's it's like it's it's like everything. It's everything when that changes and 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 then it's this you know, it's the way that he then looks at you and you're his everything. And and it's and, and it's just part of I think you just have to remember what you know, what these children have experienced and that it's just uh, you know, it's it just takes different you know it's different for all of them to to be able to trust people again and uh, sort of be be open to loving somebody else and being open to being loved as well and so it's just it's just time and and like I said it's different for every every child. I remember when Ellis looked into our eyes one time as we we were putting him to bed and he said Dad, Daddy, you are everything that I could ever ask for. And that, that we've been waiting so long to hear that. And that was genuine. And, and that sort of just put it all into perspective. And it was absolutely priceless. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And we have them, you know, throughout, throughout the days. Just there are challenges, but parenting's challenging, isn't it? And it's just those little tiny moments that make it all work worthwhile. I think so. And when they first happen, you just, yeah, like you say, it matters so much because they're hard fought for. They don't mm. just happen immediately. And yeah, I think when they happen, it's really, really lovely. So you'd had your children at home a little while and then the phone rang. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> um, oh, it was six months. Yeah. yeah. And I, I got the call. I it was completely out of the blue. I thought the social workers were just checking in on us. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they were like, oh, just by the way, <laughs> the birth parents have had another. <laughs> and we're just going to leave that with you for now. And and so <laughs> we didn't think too much of it because our, um, our boys have actually got other siblings who are adopted out by and, and living with other adopters uh, with their forever families. And, you know, we, we, we spend time with those those siblings and you know so that that they're all still growing up together but you know we uh, we didn't think too much of it we thought oh you know these um uh, surely uh, the baby's going to be going and going to be staying with one of the other siblings and then the social worker did their visit as per usual a couple of weeks later and said would you guys consider um having her and we were like well um we weren't we were a bit thrown back and we were like well would you guys even consider us like consider we've only had the boys for six months but I think they were very impressed with how the boys had settled and our response to the boys and and the fact that we had said that you know three was our magic number and that's what we'd always wanted um and also our eldest had said to us quite early on um can we adopt a baby sister at some stage and he said that because he had grown up with sisters and uh, I think he, he was missing that relationship within the home. So 
we we kind of thought about it we had some long nights and you know differences of opinion <laughs> you know when we spoke to our family about it and sort of got some advice and um it wasn't an easy decision but at the end it came down to well this this is what we want it's not the timing we would have chosen but at the end of the day we might not get this chance again um it's a full sibling to our children you know and, and we know that it's it's something that um our children want so we went for it and we said yes please consider us and i think it was the day that we got our boys adoption order so we'd gone to court and with just having that little celebration afterwards just to formalize everything and then the social worker just uh, let us know that oh by the way <laughs> um this family's going to <laughs> increase to five. Um, wow. <laughs> um, and so she was placed with us and it was literally, it was almost uh, a year to the date, but um, just, just within that first year. And, and that was it. And then we were like, no, no, that's it. We're never having any more. <laughs> <laughs> have you nailed your front door shut? <laughs> we, we have. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think any, any time people ask us, there's a bit of hysterical laughter because uh, there's not going to be any more. <laughs> no. So, so from no children to three children inside a year, I mean, did that put pressure on you guys as a couple or, you know, how are you, how are you coping? How did you cope? Do you know what? Actually, that's, that's probably one of the most challenging things for us, I think, was as a couple. It wasn't necessarily being dad and daddy to the children. It was the complexities that that brought to us as a couple in the sense that it's your expectation of yourself, it's your expectation of your partner, and it's all how it all works together in this complex web of expectations versus reality versus emotions on different times and different days and different situations and stuff. So I definitely think we we really struggled, actually. We, We found it very, very tricky with the complexities of that rather than being parents to the kids, if that makes sense. Did you do like passive aggressive who's the most tired wars? <laughs> do you know what? We were very lucky. <laughs> you know we were very lucky. Um, our, our boys are amazing sleepers. Um, they they slept, um, you know, they could quite happily go to bed at five thirty and sleep till nine. Um, so we didn't have any issues at like with sleep deprivation until our youngest <laughs> arrived and then when she arrived again she was a pretty good sleeper there was a few nights where you know maybe she was sick but generally we, we were okay sleep wise and maybe that helped us a lot but it's it, like Paul said it's about I think it's about navigating all of the other things and expectations and your own relationships and finding time for your, yourselves all, all of those things become a challenge and you know trying to fit actual care of three little people and work and you know all, all the rest around it that that that's the bit that gets tricky so we, we you know we, did, we didn't have the time um the, the, those kind of sleepless nights but we uh, definitely dealt with um other things i think one of the challenges for me was like i said quite early on there'd been the issues with with attachment with Connor and that took a while and so you know when when you've got your own kind of insecurities coming out about that that probably doesn't help the situation I think one of our strengths are that as a couple we're quite reflective and we you know I, I think we're quite um, good at communicating so we're able to 
sit down and have those really honest conversations about this is a really been a really tough emotional day for me i've experienced this level of rejection again and again and again all day long and so i'm i'm a little bit tired today because of that and i need a bit of break tomorrow or you know i i, I need perhaps we can try and t- tackle this a bit differently or how about we change change tack and try this and I think that's what probably helped us to navigate those challenges. It sounds like you've done incredibly well. So um, what would your advice be for people who are at the beginning of their journey thinking about maybe adopting? I would definitely say have open communication and you have to be honest, I think. I think be patient. It will happen. It's it's just uh, when you get there, that end result, you can't, you can't beat it. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> what do you think Paul yeah I'd definitely say it's worth it's worth the wait without a doubt but I would I would say you've got to focus on your relationship as well you can't just suddenly become parents and then forget that you're not just a parent you are also a partner a husband a wife so therefore that relationship is also so so precious and that also needs attention and time in order for you then to be a whole family unit working together on the same page that's fantastic thank you so much i'd like to thank our guests today raj and paul if you've enjoyed this podcast please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends follow us on twitter at lgbt adopt foster and on facebook search new family social all one word visit our website at newfamilysocial.org.uk Adoption, Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next week with more guests and more tea.